all sound like you're ready for church today. That's good. That's good. Hey, if you're new, uh, I just want you to recognize and realize the reason we're shouting like this is because we've all failed <laughs> and, and failed miserably. But man, our, our failures were, were nailed to a cross. They were put to death. They were laid in a grave. And we have victory over our failures. Jesus doesn't look at you like a failure. He looks at you as one of his prized possessions that he loves and he adores. So what I uh, want for you today, what we all desire for you, and if you're brand new, is, is that you would experience this hope that we have. That's why we shout. That's why we yell. Um, we make no apologies for being loud. We like being a loud church. Um, I'm uncomfortable in a quiet church. A amen? Anybody? Okay, I'm okay. Uh, um, but if you're new, my name's Brad, and I'm the pastor of this ragamuffin group that I love. Um, my wife, Laura, and I, um, we would love to say hi to you if we didn't get a chance to meet you before the service. We're always back by the doors. Um, one of the best ways to connect with us, though, is through the Next Step cards there in the chair backs in front of you or on the floor under the front row. You can grab those, put your prayer request on there. If you've uh, made a commitment to follow Jesus and your, your first step is baptism, and we would love to baptize you. We would love to pray for you. Every prayer request we pray over for 30 days. You're going to have a group of people praying for you. Let me, let me just tell you some of the things that we are praying for right now as a church. This is people in our seats. I, I want to pray over my relationship to be strengthened through Christ. We have been going through a lot. Somebody else says, Pray that God gives me the strength to fully surrender. That's a great prayer right there now. Like we have no strength to surrender on our own. Surrender is, a, amen, the hardest thing you ever do as a follower of Jesus. Maybe the hardest thing you do on planet earth is surrender. But I like the prayer here, give me the strength. Because it's God who gives you the strength to do that. And then we really do need to celebrate. Here's a celebration. My niece went home yesterday with her perfect baby girl after five years years, five years of infertility, two miscarriages, almost dying in childbirth. God is good. Can we give God some praise? Prayers were answered. God's people in my church family are amazing. All right, let's get into the word. If you have a Bible, go to Psalms chapter 20, uh, 20 excuse me, 37, 27 was last week, or 20, yeah, last week. If you missed any of this series, Psalms of Summer, during the, during the summer, we're going through these different psalms written by different people, many of them by David, but we uh, have it on our website, and you can catch every message if you missed any of them. Today, I'm reading out of Psalm chapter 37. This one is uh, written by David. At this point, he's older in life, we believe, and he's kind of looking back on his life, but he's also trying to speak hope over the children of Israel because, like us, they get discouraged and have difficult days, and so... He is uh, going to encourage them in Psalm 37. And we're reading, by the way, through all the Psalms. You can get this on our website, Facebook page. Tomorrow, this is the Psalm that we're going to be reading, Psalm 37. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want to read some key verses here. Um, I read out of the New Living Translation. So if you're hunting it down, look for the New Living. Uh, if you got an app, uh, version is a great app if you don't have it. Start in verse 1. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away like spring flowers they soon wither trust in the Lord and do good then you will live safely in the land and you'll prosper take delight in the Lord 
and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. I scroll down to uh, verse 23. This is where we're going to kind of camp out in these two verses today. 23 and 24. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will, will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Father, thank you for this promise from David. Thank you, God, for inspiring him to write this beautiful poem and this song that encourages us today. If you're not a follower of Jesus right now, I just want to encourage you just to pray. God, would you speak to me? And if you are a follower of Jesus, right now in this moment, what we have to do as followers of Jesus is kind of humble ourselves. Just humble yourself right now and say, okay, God, I think there's something I can learn today. I pray that you're going to be encouraged in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, this uh, past week, I bought a tree. Pretty excited. Um, not only did I buy it, but I planted it all by myself. I don't need any affirmation. Um, I know whose I am. I know who I am, okay? But uh, I, I planted it by myself, um, I, uh, and I was, I was super excited. I mean, I'm, I'm just doing my part to save the environment, you know, protect the ozone. I'm just that guy, you know, doing my part. And so I planted it, and, uh, and well, I got a picture. You want to see it? Here it is, right here. This is the tree right there, huh? Bam! Yeah, now who's the man, huh? Okay, that's not really a picture. That's actually the picture from the brochure. <laughs> you want to see the, the real tree? All right, here's the real tree that I planted. Yeah. In 20 years, that thing is going to be amazing. You can just picture it one, one day. Um, I have no clue what I'm doing with trees. Like, I, I know nothing about trees. I bought it. I dug a hole. I stuck it in the hole, buried it, and going to let Jesus water it. That's, that's my plan. Like, I, I didn't even really read about the tree. You know what I read? This is the truth. I, what I read was 75% off. That's why I bought it. It was 10 bucks. I can't lose. No clue. No clue what, what, I, what I'm doing. Um, I, I think that I think that that's kind of a picture of life. Like we all we all want a, a, a thriving and a vibrant life, don't we? I mean, can't you just picture it in your mind of what you want and what, what you desire in life? Um, but is, isn't it true that many times you, you feel like you have like no clue what you're doing? Can I get an amen from the parents? Yeah, okay. Anybody, anybody? So like if you're a parent, like do you remember when they handed you that first kid? Like you're like, hey, now what do I do? And then at just about the time you had it figured out, they tossed you another one. And you're like, oh. And if God so graced you, you got a third, and then you're like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You're like in the circus. Whoa, woo! Yeah, I have no clue what I'm doing. Maybe at work. You ever feel that way at work? 
Like you go to work and you're like, hope they, hope they don't figure out I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I feel that way every Sunday. I do. I feel that way every week. Like I can't tell you. I mean, I have been, I've walked this property before and I've looked and I'm like, oh my Lord, I'm in charge of all of this. I hope they don't figure out I don't know what I'm doing. And, and if, you're, if you're young, you're supposed to know what you're doing, aren't you? If you're young. Everybody comes up to you and goes, so what do you want to be? And you're like, I don't know. So you're just like, uh, engineer. It's the best answer because, you know, this is a great cop out. You say engineer, and everybody's like, oh, okay, cool, great, great. So what's your plan? Like, what, what's your plan for a thriving and a vibrant life? For, for some people, their, their plan is money. Uh, if, I, I just, if I can get enough money and I can build up a little nest egg and, and I can get some security, then everything everything would be great. It's, it's just all about money. But the great prophet, Notorious B.I.G., taught us more money, more problems. Thank you. All right. Some of you have studied the great book of Notorious. Uh, Some of you are like, did he, just, did he just quote a rapper? I don't know if I can go to church. They quoted a rapper in that church. <laughs> Some people are uh, put their nose to the grindstone people. Now I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to show up before everyone else. I'm going to outwork the person next to me. I'm going to stay till everybody's going to be the last one, and I'm going to lock the door. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard. Uh, other people are just kind of like, you know, I, we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outsmart everybody. I'm going to get a degree, and I'm going to get the master's, I'll get the doctorate, blah, 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 and I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to get a really, really good education. And there's other people are, are just like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> I'm going to wing it, hoping for the best here. I mean, you know, and then there's others. I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and, and they told me, this is what they said, oh, I'm just putting good vibes towards it. I don't even know what that means. You got to respond to that. So David, David had a lot of those things. David was incredibly smart. He was powerful. He had wealth. He was king of Israel. Uh, he, he put his nose to the grindstone. He was a shepherd, so he worked really hard. But he he didn't rely on any of that stuff. And if you've been alive long enough, you know that you, you, you can't rely on any of that stuff. It, it will only get you so far, right? It only gets you so far in life. So what's your plan? What's your plan for a thriving and a vibrant life? I think in Psalm chapter 37, uh, we find some answers right in the middle of the, the uh, chapter. David gives us some great answers. Look at Psalm 37, and look at, back at verse 23. He says this in verse 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Yeah, have you ever been paralyzed by a decision? You know, like, I don't know what to do. You know that feeling? You're just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Have you ever made a decision and then thought, did I make the wrong decision? Every parent right now is like, yeah, yeah, look at that. Did I? I don't know. Did I make the wrong decision? I mean, you just have, there's so many decisions that you have to make in life and so many steps that you, and David sits here and he says, hey, it's the Lord who directs the steps of the godly. We're all looking for answers. 
in, in every area of our lives. You know, like, have you ever had that, that time when everything was going good? Anybody remember those 10 minutes? It was awesome, wasn't it? This is great, yeah. And you had those 10 minutes, and then out of nowhere, you got bam, and you got sideswiped. You're like, what was that? Because we're, we're, all, we're all looking for guidance, and we're all looking for direction. We're all, we're all looking for, for answers. And, and David says it's, it's the Lord who directs the steps. It's, he directs the step. That's good news. Come on, tell somebody that's good news. Tell somebody next to you, that's good news. He... He directs my steps, and, and he says this. Now, notice, notice he, he doesn't say the Lord directs the leaps of the godly. I mean, let, let's just be honest. None, none, of, us, none of us like steps. We're, 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 none, of us are, none of us are looking for the next step. We're, we're looking for how we can leap to our promise, how we can leap to the answer, how I can leap to the dream. Like, I want to leap over the adversity. I want to leap over the struggle. I, I want to leap over the grind. But David says, no, it, it's, it's about steps. It's steps. He directs the steps of the godly. I mean, we're all kind of impatient. We're, we're all looking for the skip button, aren't we? The skip add button, you know, five, four, three, two, one, skip add. Finally, oh my goodness. I'm not getting those five seconds back. Man, that was a long time. I can't believe I had to wait that long. That's where we live now. Like, commercials, what are those? That's a minute and a half. I don't have a minute and a half to sit through that. We go to the store. We don't even want to go in the store anymore, do we? We just pull right up. Bring it out to me. I can't walk those 10 steps. It'll kill me. Some of us don't even want to go to the store anymore. We just, I'm going to order it online, right? Just bring, I'm not even leaving my house anymore. I just bring it to me. I, I, last week, I ordered something online, and just before I ordered it, it said, this is last week, it said, will arrive next Thursday. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I can't wait a week. Are you kidding me? But that's, that's who we are. That's what we do is, is we want it to happen in leaps and not steps. But there is, there's not a single person in human history who has leaped to an answer or leaped to a promise or leaped to a dream. Neil Armstrong, first guy to uh, set foot on the moon, they have a movie coming out this fall. It looks really cool. I saw the preview for it. I thought, Man, it looks like such a great movie. And of course, he has one of the most famous quotes in probably human history. Remember when he stepped off the lunar uh, module and put his feet onto the ground? Do you remember what he said? He said that that's one small step for man and what? One giant leap for mankind. But we all know that it wasn't just a small step to the moon, right? They didn't just leap to the moon. I mean, it was a series of small steps over and over that finally got them to that place. We see this in Scripture. It's, it's true in, throughout Scripture. You go back to the very beginning of, of the Bible, and there's this guy named Joseph, and he's a young teenager, and he gets a dream for his life. He's got a dream, what he wants to do with his life, and, and, but he doesn't get to leap to that dream. He has to take 
steps, and some of those steps are incredibly painful. His brothers don't like him, so they want to kill him, so they throw him into a pit, and he has to climb out of the pit before he can get to where he's wanting to go. Then he's falsely accused. He ends up in prison, and he's, for years he's in prison, taking steps in prison and before he can finally get to that dream that God gave to him. Moses, one of the greatest leaders of all of the Bible, he gets a vision from God in a bush. How awesome would it be if God spoke to you through your fireplace? Would that not be, that'd be crazy, be a little wacky. But God spoke to him, gave him a vision, but what did he have to do? He had to take steps. He couldn't leap to the conclusion of that vision. He had to take steps off of that mountain. Then he had to go back to Israel, the place that he had fled from, and he took steps into Israel. Then he, then he came up against Pharaoh and all the plagues, and he had to take the steps through that, t- t- 10 grueling steps, and then he had to lead the people out, step by step. David, David who wrote the 37th Psalm. We talked about this a little bit last week. David, anointed king as a very, very young shepherd boy. He is anointed to be king of Israel, but as I talked about last week, it was over a decade before he ever ascended to the throne. He had to take step after step in the wilderness. Jesus, Savior of the world. God sends his only son from heaven to save the world, but does he land on planet earth and immediately salvation happens? No. He's born as a babe. And he, and he grows up and has to, has to take steps. And, and at one point, I mean, thank goodness he didn't look at his mom one day and go, you know what, I think I'm going to be an engineer. You're the savior of the world. I want to be an engineer. No, you can't. I mean, you just, I don't know that that happened. Uh, I don't think it did. It did not happen. Okay, so, but Jesus is like, he's not saying that. He's not making cabinets one day because he was a carpenter, and he's not like, dang, I'm good at this. Man, forget this Savior stuff. Wooden cabinets, wooden cross. Wooden cabinets, wooden cross. I'm taking the cabinets, okay? No, he didn't do that. He continued to take those steps. Even when he was in the garden the night before, he knows what's coming, and he takes the steps to the cross. Are you not thankful that Jesus took 33 years of steps for your salvation and for my salvation? It happens in steps and not leaps. And so what is it you're, you're, you're hoping for? What is it you're believing for? What is it you're dreaming about? It's steps and not leaps. David says this, not only does God direct your steps, but he, he delights in the details. We serve a God of details. Now, I hear that, and I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm like, surely God's got bigger things to deal with, like, you know, famine, poverty, you know, war, injustice. Why would he care about me? You matter to God. That's why David wrote that, because he wants you to know you matter. God's the one who created you. You matter to him. He loves you. He cares about you. Now, you, we read this and we're like, well, of course David wrote that. Of course God cares about the details of David's life. He's the king for Pete's sakes. Well, of course he's going to be involved in the details of that. He's pretty important, not little old me. But remember, David didn't write this about himself. He wrote that to the children of Israel. He wrote that to common people just like you and I. And then he backs it up in another psalm, uh, Psalm 139. You don't have to turn there, but write it down, Psalm 139. And he says this about the details. Details of God, like he knows when you sit down, he knows when you stand up, he knows the thoughts you think, he knows where you're traveling, he knows when you've been sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake, all right? That last part's Santa Claus, but I think you get, 
You get the picture here. He says, man, he knit you together in your mother's womb, all the little details. and Every day of your life is recorded. You are loved by God. He cares for you. He wants good for you. He's watching over every detail of your life. So, how, how can I be sure this is the right step I'm supposed to take? Do you ever feel that way? Like you go, all right, here I go. Ah. You ever just get just the fear and the stress and the anxiety? Is this the, is this the right thing? Put your left foot in, put your left foot out, put your left foot in, shake it. I mean, just he's just you're nervous. I don't know if I can do this. And, and, and can you do that? Well, here's what David says in verse 3. Go back to verse 3, the first part of verse 3. He says this, trust in the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, you got to trust God. You got to trust God. Trust in the Lord and do good. Come on, turn back to somebody and say, do good. You got you to gotta do good. But here, here's the thing, it's not, it's not about doing what feels good, it's about doing what's right. It's not about doing what feels good, it's about doing what's right. You know, you know what feels good? Putting it on the credit card. Yeah. Oh, now I am preaching up in here, okay? I mean, that, that's, that's what feels good. You know what feels good? Just give up on the relationship. That's, that's what feels good. You know, you know what, what, what feels good? Just eat the entire bag of Doritos. That's what feels good. And you know what feels good? Quit the job. That's what, that's what feels good. But you can't do just what feels good. You got to do what's right. You got to do what's right. So here's what I want to do. If, 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 I, I want to give you three good steps to a right decision. Three good steps to a right decision. I'd like for you to write this down. I'm gonna go through them pretty quickly and then we're gonna move on, okay? Three good steps to a right decision. Because here's the thing, if you wanna do good, you gotta look to the one who is good, okay? If you want to do good, look to the one who is good. So here's the three steps and I'll give them, they're just three simple words and here they are, all right? Promises, prayer, and people. Promises, prayer, and people. Some of you, I know y'all got your decisions all figured out. You don't need to write it down. Totally understand. But for the rest of us, we got, got to figure it out. We got to write this down. Promises, prayer, and people. Listen, for three decades of following Jesus, this is what I have relied on. Before I ever take a step, I look at these three things right here. And before I take a step, now, does that mean every step you take after this is going to be perfect? No. No, it doesn't. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to have missteps. But you know what? Things are better and more in your favor. And let's talk about this for just a second. Promises. Like, am I, am I looking in the Word of God? What does the Word of God say about what I'm dealing with? Now, let me tell you this. You don't go to the Word of God when you have the problem. Like, oh, I wonder what God says about that. Oh, okay, uh, and Judas went and hung himself. Okay, bad idea. All right. Now, I mean, just you don't go hunting in that moment. No, what it's about is you have to be consistently in the word of God, day in, day out. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to come up against a decision, and the word of God is going to flood back into your head. And you're like, where did I get that from? 
That's from like six years ago when you had your face buried in the word of God doing your morning devotions and reading something that you thought was meaningless in your life and God will bring it back to remembrance. Sometimes you'll be reading the word and right in that moment God will speak to you. Can I just tell you that's what God did for me today? I just, man, this morning I'm sitting there and it's time to do my God time and read the word. And, and to be honest with you, I was sitting there and I was thinking about something that I'm wanting in life. I was like, man, I really want one of those. It's so, it's so cool. And I was like, you know, I wonder how much one of those costs. Maybe they got one on, on the Facebook marketplace. And so I, I opened up Facebook marketplace and I scrolled and I looked and I saw and I saw one. And I was like, oh, hey, I'm, uh, it's probably a little more expensive than I want, but... I think we could probably do that. And then I, I shut it off, and, and then I went, and I opened up my Bible, and I started doing my God time, and I was reading, and John, John, John said this, don't crave the possessions of this world. Oh, are you kidding me? Really, God, can I look something else up here? Seriously. But what God said to me in that moment was, you don't need that right now. I mean, it's not a bad thing, Brad. Maybe, maybe another day is a good day for you to have that, but not, not right now. I don't want you to have that right now and, and when the time is right. So, so it's about the promises of God, but it's not just the promises of God, but it's about prayer. Are you praying about it? Have you even asked God what you're supposed to do? A lot of times we don't ask God what we want to do because we know what he's going to say. Truth is, most of the time, we know what we're supposed to do. Because his spirit speaks to my spirit and says, that's not a good idea. Or he says, you need to do the hard thing. I don't want to do the hard thing, God. No, you need to do the hard thing. Prayer. Am I praying about it? And the third one is people. People. But look, you know, we should put a word on the front end of that one. Right people. <laughs> you need the, the right people, all right? Let, let me say it this way, okay? If you hang out with stupid, you're going to do stupid, Okay, somebody needs to tweet that out right now. You, you hang out with stupid, you're going to do stupid. You need the people of God surrounding you. Like, listen, if you're struggling with a decision with your kids, don't go to somebody that don't have kids. Go find somebody that's had a lot of them and totally jacked it up, okay? Go find that person and ask them. Say, no, don't. you got to go to the person, the person who's walked through some trials, walked through some struggles, who has the heart and the mind of Christ and says, here's how you navigate your kids. You know, if you're struggling financially, do you go just to the person who's having great success? You should. That's a great idea. But I would recommend going to the person who's failed and overcome that failure with the help of Christ. Like if you're struggling with whatever it is, I don't know what I, if I need to go find that person. Surround yourself with the people of God. Get the right people in your life. And here's what David says is going to happen in the second part of verse 3. He says, when you trust in the Lord and you do good, you do what's right, he says, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Now, when we read that, when we read about the land and prospering, this is what we think, oh, man, is it? God's going to give me a hot tub, a hot spouse, and hot tamales. Woo! It's going to be awesome. And <laughs> those aren't bad things. I mean, my wife has all three of them. I mean, she does. All three of them. Our idea, our idea of a thriving and vibrant life is, man, once I get that job, 
when I, when I land that job, man, once I, once, I, once I get my finances here, once, once this happens for me, you know, once, once I get married, once I, you know, if I get, once I get remarried, when I, when I, when I get that diploma or, or, or that degree, then, then I'm going to have the vibrant and, and the thriving life. But the truth is, that's not what any of us desire or want. You don't really want those things. Those are really smoke screens for what you really want. What you really want is significance. I just want to know I matter. What, what you really want is peace. What you, what you really want is love. What you really want is, is intimacy. What, what you really want is acceptance and approval. You know why you want that hot tub? Because you're so stressed. And if I could just get that, maybe I just have a little bit of peace of mind. You know why you want your, your, the money in that? Because you want security. You're, you're longing for security. Do you know why you want that relationship? Because you desire intimacy. Do you know why you want that career path or that job? You know why you want that? Because you want significance. You want to know your life matters. And all those things are great, but anybody who's been alive for any amount of time, you know that that can only take you so far. It will not satisfy the longing of your soul. Those things will let you down. They will disappoint you. They will fade away, is what David says in one part. Now, I think that's why he says here in verse 34, he says this. Let's say this together, the first part. Put your hope in the Lord. Come on, tell somebody around you, say, put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. He says this, travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. In other words, he's going to give you hope when you need hope. He's going to give you that healing for your soul that you want, that peace that you want. He's going to give you that, that purpose that, that you need, the direction and where I'm heading in life. He wants to give that to you. And he says this, you will see the wicked destroyed. So here, here's King David, man. He, he has it all. He's got power. He's got riches. He's got fame. I mean, he's living la vida loca. And he says, man, my hope is in the Lord. That's where my hope is at. And David says, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to travel steadily along his path. I'm not going to deviate off the path. I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. I'm stepping this way. Listen, there's so many distractions in this world. There's so many shiny objects, squirrel. I mean, there's just so many things out there. You got to keep your eyes steady and focused on the Lord, walking steadily along his path, walking step for step with Jesus and trusting him. Now, so, so often when we're walking with Jesus, it's so slow going. And people are just like, jetting by you in the express lane. They're like, whoop, whoop, party bus. You're like, ah, hey, huh? You're watching people like pull away on a cruise ship of life and they've got like the little flower thing and the white stuff on their nose. They're like, hey, you're like, hey, here I am. Here, stuck here, and they're doing this. Look what David says, and David says this in, in the beginning of the psalm. He just says this idea of like, hey, don't, don't envy those who do wrong. Don't envy those people. 
in what they're doing. You know what's going to happen? They're going to fade. They're going to wither. They're going to get sunburned. And he says, man, my hope is in the Lord. My hope is in Jesus. I'm staying steady with him. I'm going to walk in step with him. You know what? What does that mean? Am I going to always do it perfect? No. And are there going to be times where I misstep, where I step and I go, oh, that didn't work out so well? Yes. Are there going to be mistakes? Yes. You're going to have issues and struggles. But here's why David says this in verse 24. Look what he says. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Come on, high five some people around you and say, God has got you. God has got you. God has got you. He's got you by the hand. Man, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know this, the step to take. So I'm going to grab a hold of the hand of Jesus, and I'm never going to let it go. Man, there's going to be these times, like, like David says, man, I, I'm going to take a step with Jesus, and I'm going to take another one, and then I'm going to stumble. But when I stumble, he's going to be there to lift me up and put me back on a firm foundation. And what does that mean to hold, a ha hold the hand of Jesus? What it means is, man, I grab a hold of his word. These promises are true. This is his written word, promises to me. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to hold on to it. I don't care what people say about it. I believe it. I'm trusting it. And when I fall, man, it's going to be right there as a firm foundation in my life. Man, it means grabbing a hold of the hand of Jesus is... Man, when I stumble, it's about holding and talking to him, praying to him, looking to him. God, I need you. And he's like, I got you. I got you. I'm, I've got you. I got you. He lifts you back up. It's about, man, holding the hand of Jesus is about holding the hand of God's people. It's about being surrounded by the, by the right people. Listen, I want everybody to do this. I want, this is an uncomfortable Sunday. You ready? This is an uncomfortable Sunday. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. All across the aisle, all, all over right now. You don't have to go out in the aisles, just in your section. Every hand, grab that hand. You are so uncomfortable right now. I don't know this person. I don't know who they are. Now, some of you right now are like, thank you, Pastor. That's awesome. <laughs> Waiting for this moment. All right, let go. Let go, because now they're uncomfortable. Stop. Just let go. Let go. Let go. Listen, when you are around the right people, when you're around God's people, you have a hold of the hand of Jesus. Like when I walk and I stumble, I have people around me that will lift me up and set me back on a firm foundation. And that's, that's who Jesus is. That's the, the grace and the mercy of Jesus, man, will help me take the next step into a thriving and vibrant life.